Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Well, our Jack Webb Centennial continues, and now we're going to shift uh, to what was probably the majority of Jack Webb's radio roles, which was playing uh, bad guys. And we're not talking about Duke, who were hard-edged uh, protagonists. Uh, over the next uh, few episodes, we'll be focusing on characters that aren't heroic at all, and in fact, in the next couple of episodes, uh, Jack Webb won't even be playing the protagonist. We're going to return to the San Francisco radio days for today's episode. It'll be an episode of a series called Are These Our Children? The original air date is November the 17th of 1946, and this is the episode Edith Hayes. Are these our children? From its San Francisco studios... The American Broadcasting Company presents Are These Our Children? Half-hour dramatizations of actual case histories taken from the files of Juvenile Delinquency Court. The names in these case histories are altered, but the facts are not. These events happened today and yesterday and the day before to people who didn't ask are these our children? The file on today's case is marked Edith Hayes. The roots of it, or of others like it, may be found in your city, your neighborhood, your home. For her tragedy is based upon a common attitude... Bigotry. Inspector, this is Sergeant Libby. Yeah, I hate to bother you at this time of night, but I got something that may be hot. I don't quite know what a young dame just wandered in. She may be a lead in all these car thefts. Yeah, yeah, she says she's one of these local clouders for a big syndicate that wants to give herself up. Huh? No, no, name's Edith Hayes, and she's never been in before. Of course, Inspector, she isn't really a bad girl, she says. She didn't know what she was getting into. <laughs> yeah, 
If I had a buck every time I heard that. Anyway, we're stuck with her, innocence and all. If you want to come down, I guess we better dig into her story. From the looks of her, it ought to be good reading. Okay, just relax now, huh? We'll start asking and you start answering. Now, that's what I came in for. How old are you? Seventeen. Where do you live? Strand Hotel on 4th Street. Don't you have a home? Yeah, I had one. 324 Commercial Street. Your parents alive? Yeah, if you can call it that. They aren't buried yet. Uh, we'll get around to what you mean by that, if it's important. Skip it. If you know Commercial Street, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know it. But the secret is still yours. The point is, you came in here tonight all warmed up to talk about a lot of car thefts. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. School's out. The sergeant tells me there's something about an organization you're working for. You're willing to put the finger on the whole outfit. We like girls like you. Well, that's the general idea. I'm not out after profit tonight. Just so we understand one another. I'm doing this because it's the only way. I wanted to get out of the racket, and they wouldn't let me, so I'm showing them. Just so we understand each other. Yeah, I guess we do. I got into this mess with my eyes open. I knew what I was doing. I thought it was the way to work things out. I thought if you want something... Save it. I got sick of being looked at because I wore cheap print dresses and had scuffed shoes. I got sick of being called a girl who lives on commercial street. Everything's all right. But school, Edith, it's only two o'clock. I quit school. Edith. I ate my lunch and just walked out. They can have my share. Little Edie just got crammed, jammed full. Oh, you've got to go back. I don't have to go back, and you can save yourself a lot of screaming and yelling if you understand right now I mean it. I'm not going back. Edith, I don't know what happened, but you've got to go back. I knew I was going to have trouble with you. Why does something have to happen? Why can't I just get fed up? You never acted like this before. Why can't I just decide that it's all a big, messed-up waste of time? All right, I learned something. I can read and write. I can count. That's enough for me. I'm going to get a job. A job? Couldn't you wait one more year till you're through with high school? Your pa and me, we planned everything so you could finish high school. Mom, you and pa are going to keep needling and needling until you get yourself hurt. So I guess it might as well be now as later. I got ashamed. That's why I quit. Edith, what kind of talk is that? Sure, I'm acting crazy, but, but that's it. I'm ashamed, ashamed of everything, and you don't get it, do you? I never heard of anybody talking like this before. Sure, because I'm crazy, that's why. Ashamed of my shoes and my clothes and you and Pa and this house and me. That's why I quit. Edith, don't talk like that. You wanted to know, didn't you? And you still don't get it, because you've been here so long you don't know anything different. All you know is sending Pa to work in the morning and waiting for him at night and talking over the back fence to our kind of people. Edith! I used to feel sorry for you, but I was wrong. That's the way it ought to be. Edith, we're a daughter to talk like this. You wanted to know, didn't you? Maybe you went through it, too. You never said, but I'm not going to anymore. If I have to be the poor girl from Commercial Street, I'm going to stay on Commercial Street or do something about it. You understand what I mean, Mom? I don't know, Edith. I think you do. You know, I'm not beefing about you and Pa. We always did the best we could. I know you did, and I did, too. I've been sitting next to a girl. We've been together all the way through from second to third grade. We used to play together and walk partway home together. 
but you ought to see it now. The princess and the train. Edith, oh, you can't talk like that anymore. Talking about the dances she and the rest of them go to and their new clothes and permanent waves. Oh, that's all right, but I heard her talking about me today and that isn't... Don't pay no attention, Edith. Pay no attention. Edith. Oh, there's going to be a party at the English class at her house. And you know what she said? Don't pay no attention. I heard her. She said, oh, we can't ask her. She just wouldn't fit. Well, she's right. I'm not trying to fit. Let them talk. That don't hurt us. Not anymore. It doesn't hurt us. Because little Edie isn't going to be there for him to talk about Little Edie's going to stay on her own side of the street from now on. Little Edie knows where she fits. I don't think we'd better bother her none way. We'd better just let her have her own way. It don't make no sense to me. Here we skimp and save ever since we had her to get her through school. And now with less than a year to go, she quits. She thought she had enough. She wants to get a job. And I think that's all right. I, I told her I'd talk to you and see if you wouldn't understand. Well, I don't. Where is she now? Well, I don't know. She went downtown to a show or something. She ate before you come home. Yeah, I suppose we'll have all that now. Chasing every night. Ray, I, I don't think you got any need to worry Edith's a level-headed girl, and she'll get a job and work hard at it. Well, I hope you're right. But it don't sound very level-headed to me to up and quit school all of a sudden one afternoon. You sure she ain't in trouble? Why, trouble? What in the world give you that idea? I told you, it don't make sense. Yes, it does, Ray, and please just leave her alone. She'll, she'll be all right, but just leave her alone, Ray. She's got to work things out. <laughs> Edie, I gotta say it once more. It's good to see you around. I've been waiting a long time for this. Sure, Mac, sure. I can see you lost weight worrying about me. I'm not worrying. Just waiting for you to grow up. And now you have, if you know what I mean. Hey, take it easy. Don't you know I'm the shy schoolgirl type? Now you'll get over it. Well, I'm sure gonna try. How are you gonna start? Outside of spending a lot of time with me. <laughs> At this rate, I'll be too tired to do anything else. Well, is that bad? Not so far. But I don't think the paychecks will be very big. As big as you want them and as often as you want them. If you ever need any dough, Eddie, you just let me know. I mean it. Well, well, thanks, Mac. That's darn sweet of you, but bright and early tomorrow morning, I'm going to start out and get a job. Well, don't forget, I mean it. Thanks. That sounds like it would be an easy habit to get into. You ought to be careful who you make the offer to. I am, Eden. I know what I'm doing. Mac, i got to go home. My old man will raise the roof and... Besides, i got to be bright-eyed for that job hunt. All right. I'll let you go on one condition. That you don't take a job until you talk it over with me tomorrow night. I don't want you to be no factory girl. Yeah. There, you see? You are worrying about me. Mac, I guess you've been the best thing in the world for me tonight. I was kind of in the dump. No, there's no place for a girl either. I don't know this is a goal for tomorrow night. Are you going to take me to a place for a girl to be? A hundred of them if you want them. I'll drop by about eight. We'll take a ride and get to see how you're doing as a business girl. I'll be ready. But I'm warning you, I'm liable to be a president of something by then. (laughs) 
I walked, I'm telling you. I never knew I could walk so much. And then about 3.30, I went into this dime store and got the job. Well, how much you going to make? Twenty-eight fifty to start. <laughs> well, if that ain't a fortune. Well, you don't have to live on it. As if I could. Ah, don't be a sucker, Edie. I'm not being a sucker. That'll buy me some clothes. At least I'll be able to look people in the eye. I thought you said you were sick of being a poor girl. I said I got sick of being the poor girl in school. If I'm around other girls that are making twenty-eight fifty a week, well, that's all right. At least I'll fit. A funny way to look at it. Well, that's the way I do look at it. Well, then you're being a sucker. If all you want out of life is twenty-eight fifty a week, then I give you credit for more sense than you got. You'll get old quick that way. I didn't see any crowds waiting to offer me any more. You won't get any more in a dime store. How'd you like a hundred bucks a day? What kind of hop are you on? I just asked you a question. A hundred bucks a day. And what if I would like it? Then what? Does that make me a standout in the crowd? Well, if you're smart, you'll make it. It sounds crazy to me, Mac. I don't get it. I don't know what you got in your mind, but you brought it up, so why don't you spill it? Uh, yeah. Uh, wait till I pull off the road. I, uh, I did some inquiring about you on my own today. I talked to the guy I'm working for. It must have been over some high-powered glasses to be talking like this. Ah, this is small talk, Edie. How bad do you want a hundred a day? Well, I don't know, Mac. I, I gotta know what you're talking about. I mean, if you knew you were 90% safe, would you go against the book? Knowing these dumb cops around here, would you work against them? Well, I haven't got any friends on the force, I guess. What would I have to do? You'd work with me, Edie. You and me, working together. And to show you how safe it is, I've been in the business for almost a year and a half. I never even come close to the law. It's duller than a dime store it'd be, but two bills a day. I never heard of so much money. Like I said, the small talk, Edie, is more. That's what I meant when I called you a sucker for throwing your hat in the air for that twenty-eight fifty. I wasn't throwing my hat. I was All right, you were going to put yourself into a harness like the rest of the plugs from outside of town. Don't want to be poor girls, but they settle for peanuts. Ah, oh, that ain't for you, Edie. Well, I guess that's as far as I was looking. Just my own side of the street. Who tells you which side is yours? There's some dough, you name it yourself. Only call it an avenue. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does, Mac. It's behind the whole thing. I've been on the wrong side of that money fence all my life. Sure, I was too. You don't How have do you to tell like me any more, Mac. I'll go along with you. Little Edie's looking for a place to fit, and so far the avenue sounds good to me. Ah, you won't go wrong, Edie. Safer than walking in traffic. You and me together from now on. You don't hear me beefing about that, do you? <laughs> you stick around, baby, and see how good it gets. Carson, this is the girl I was talking about. Edie Hayes. Hello. Well, she wants to go to work with us all right, and you can take my word. She'll keep her mouth shut and do things our way. Yeah. I'm going to start teaching her the ropes today, and by tomorrow or the day after, we'll be underway. She's going to clout for me. Your neck. Well, it never went wrong on me yet, did you? I'm not asking any questions. She looks a little young to me. Rats like her blow up in the corners, but you know the score. No, Edie grew up young. She'll be all right. Yeah, like I said, it's your neck. Keep her out of the corners. Let's see some action. I guess that's all. Okay. We'll see you later. Come on, Edie. 
you got a few things to learn. They're in big business, Edie. It's one of the biggest hot car syndicates in the country. It's run as careful as a bank. They got offices like Carson's in all the big cities and seven states. Well, aren't any of the big shots friendlier than him? None of them are smarter, and that's what counts. Now, we got guys in garages all over town, and all they do is make duplicate keys for every decent-looking car that comes in. They give me the keys and the name of the owners, and then I check them through the phone book and start casing the cars. And uh, that's where you come in. Mac, just take care of me, that's all. Don't point me wrong. Well, you got to quit worrying, Edie. You'd go nuts if you got nerves. Now, look. I case a car two or three days, sometimes a week, before we touch it. I know when the owner parks it and when he picks it up. We play it careful as a bank, I tell you. You know I wouldn't take any chances with you, don't you? Yeah, I know it, Mac. Sure you do. I'll give you the easiest ones all the way through. You got the keys. All you have to do is get in, drive a few blocks, and turn it over to another guy who'll get it out of sight. I'll be all right, Mac. Honest, I will. Hey, you aren't telling me nothing. I know you will. Wait till those bills start rolling in. Fifty bucks a pickup, and I'll promise you two a day. Baby, you'll really be all right then. The first one's the toughest. This is really a cinch. Just one block down from here on the same side of the street. Second car from the corner. It's a dark green Plymouth sedan. Are you set? Sure. I've got to start someplace. There's not a thing to worry about. It belongs to a guy that works in the back office of the building across the street. When he goes in, he stays in. Just start thinking right now that it's your car and walk up to it that way. The doors will be locked, but here's the key. Yeah. Yeah, I got everything. Including some shakes. Yeah, I had them too the first time. Go ahead, baby. Get your feet wet. I'll be waiting for you. We'll calm you down when you get back. Okay, Mac. Here goes little Edie, heading for the avenue. Edith, your pa and me was talking about you again last night. Talking or arguing? He's awful mad about the way you're acting. You two are spending more time living my life than your own these days. I hope it makes you happy. Well, I can't reason with him no more. I had a hard enough time when you quit school, but now... Oh, yeah? Now what? Well, you, you don't tell us nothing about your job. You come and go when you want to. I told you about my job. Oh, the Lord knows you're spending enough on clothes for one that doesn't keep you any busier than yours does. Well, that's the way selling stuff goes. Sometimes I meet people at night and sometimes in the daytime. But whose business is it? I'm paying room and board. What more do you want? We want you to act like a daughter. That's what we want. You've changed something awful since you quit school. You talked about being a tramp then. Well, you're really acting like one now. Oh, shut up, Mom. You ain't the same girl you was. Your pa ain't going to stand for much more of it. You're darn right I'm a different girl. That's what I started out to be. I quit school so I could be a different girl. Maybe you want me to go to work in the factory with Pa, marry some jerk down there so I can slave for him all my life like you have. Maybe that's what you want. We want you to be a good girl. Who said I wasn't? Who said it? Pa? Answer me, Mom. You said some things. Is that where you got that tramp stuff? Let me tell you something. I was born a tramp, a lousy, ragged, commercial street tramp. Edith. And as soon as I had enough sense to know when I ran into different people, I darn soon learned that I was a tramp. 
Now I'm trying to grow out of it, and nobody's going to stop me. Wait till your pa hears Yeah, this. well, I'll tell him, too. You just don't know enough to see what people think of you. Well, I've had enough. You can take this shack and the torn linoleum and the dingy lace curtains. I'm moving out. Questions, questions, questions. I was eating and breathing them. So I told her what she could do with them. Sure, Edie. It's better that way. They just got on my nerves, that's all. Can't figure how I want to live my own life. I like it this way, don't you, Mac? Sure, Edie, sure. Uh, we'd better go. I like it this way. How long have we been together now, Mac? About three weeks, a little over. Hmm. Sure seems like a long time, doesn't it? You've been making a lot of money because I'm a good partner, huh, Mac? Yeah, but don't let it go to your head. Take it easy and don't talk about dough so much, will you? Come on, we got to go. The boss will be waiting for us. Oh, what do we have to go up there for, Mac? What's the matter with staying here? Sure, when the boss wants you to come over, it's a good idea to go. You like to make money, don't you? Oh, sure I do. And get smart. If he wants to be friendly, play along. Come on. You can get some fresh air on the way up. Play it smart, Edie. Keep your thinking to yourself. Sure, Mac. I'll be as friendly as a puppy. I'll roll on the floor. Well. Hi, boss. Come on in. Now that maybe you'd changed your mind. How are you, Edie? Okay. Say, what a pretty apartment. Yeah. You guys are paying part of the rent. It's about time you saw it. You look good in it, Edie. You're fit. Yeah? Wouldn't any girl? No, I wouldn't say that. Say, Mac, would you do me a favor? Sure. What is it? I want you to run down and get a couple of packs of cigarettes, will you? I just ran out. Oh, yeah. Where's the uh, closest place? Right down the lobby. Here. Here's some change. Oh, forget it, boss. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, thanks. Sit down, Edie. Oh, this is sure a pretty place. Cigarette? Yeah, I think I... I thought you said you just ran out. No, not really. I just wanted to talk to you. Is that all right? What about? About you. About the job? Yeah, about that, too. You know, you can go a long way if you play ball with me, Edie. I'll get you off the street and into the office. More money. I don't get this. If it's what I think it is, Mac isn't going to like it. Mac's all right. He knows. I told him I changed my mind about you after the first time I met you. He won't stand in the way. You mean he knew when he brought me over here? Sure, Edie. I don't pull any punches. Especially with guys under me. I could break him in a minute. Don't you believe me? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm just trying to get my feet under me. What about me? What about you? What am I? Like a library book to be passed around to anybody with a card? No, don't look at it that way. You're a cute kid. You got lots of looks. And I figure you got brains to go with them. Come here, Edie. No. Don't. Please no, don't. come on. What's the matter, Edie? Don't act like I'm poison. No. I'm all right, Edie. Come here. Please come let here. me go. Relax, Edie. No. No, don't fight, baby. Play it smart away, let now. Me, let me go. Let's go, you dirty Come here, Edie. Oh, get away. Get away. Oh. Oh. 
All right, sister, you call it. Get her out of here, Mac. The party's over. And he said you knew. You knew about it when you took me over there. That's right. That makes you worse than he is. Figure it out, Edie. What can I do? You're afraid of him. You're yellow. What kind of people do you think you're mixed up with? Bridge players? You ain't no guy to monkey around with if you like living. You played it stupid. Now I don't know what's going to happen. Mac, I'm cutting your girlfriend's money. I'm cutting her from $50 a pickup to 15 Tell her, will you? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her. Guess she didn't have the brains I gave her credit for. Well, forget that. Tell her. Let me know how she takes it. Let me know right away what she says. You understand? Yeah. I think I do, boss. Now listen. If you want to get out of this at all, don't say nothing. Just take the cut and clam up about it. I listened to you before. Your talking doesn't weigh much now. I'm trying to help you. You can forget it. I'm getting out. That's where you're wrong. You don't quit business like this. There's a million bucks tied up in the syndicate. They don't figure one little dame worth nothing, I'm telling you. What are you telling me? That you'll never get away. They can't have anybody roaming around the country that knows as much as you do. They'll find you wherever you go, and they'll get rid of you. That's what I'm telling you. They'll have to do some looking, then. I got my ticket. You're playing as stupid again, Edie. But I'll give you one more break. I gotta go back and tell Carson how you took this. Because you're yellow. No. Because if I didn't, I'd be on the lam with you, and I know better. I'm just telling you, don't waste no time. Get out of here fast. Don't worry about little Edie. She's got everything all worked out. I'm not out after profit tonight. Okay, Edith. That'll be enough for tonight. We'll have to go through this story again in the morning when we can get somebody to take it down. I... Guess you won't mind, huh? I guess it'll make a lot of difference if I do. Sure, I'll tell it once an hour, just so there's a payoff. When are you going to go after him? Mm, you are eager, aren't you? Sure. I was born eager. I want to be in the same courtroom with him. I want to see that Casanova squirm. I want to get this all settled. After that, I guess I'll be ready for a rest. All right, Sergeant. Take her away. <laughs> Edith Hayes eventually did find a place into which he fit. Not a haven of luxury and regained pride such as her dreamed-of avenue, but a place on the roster of a detention home, a position in the great sisterhood of others like her who turned against society. We've told you the story. To review the case, we have here in the studio Mr. George Ososki, Chief Probation Officer of San Francisco's Juvenile Court. Mr. Ososki. Thank you. I have reviewed the case of Edith Hayes thoroughly. To my mind, her story is not yet complete. She had reached a point in her path from which there was no turning. She had burned all her bridges, 
broken every shred of connection between herself and her family, and turned against her criminal associates for revenge. Edith Hayes will be released from the detention home next year. Between now and that time, the juvenile court authorities in her city are faced with the problem of healing the almost incurable fracture between Edith and her family or finding some other place in society from which she may start a free life again. In which direction she will go is a moot question. With proper guidance, she could be led to good, useful citizenship. Face to face once more with the criminally inclined, she could just as easily move toward another appearance on the police blotter. Simply put, the original cause for Edith's brief and tragic escapade was snobbery, class distinction. At the most receptive age in a girl's life, she was made to feel inferior because of her economic station in the community. She was scorned and shamed by those who were more fortunately placed on that scale. The reaction is the same against any type of prejudice, hatred and the desire for superiority. Many communities, realizing the importance of this class distinction in regard to juvenile delinquency, are attempting to do something about it through coordinating councils which are established to keep an accurate survey of the juveniles in the various economic brackets and to bring about better understanding between them by organizing social and recreational activities that include young people from every level. But no council alone can cure the disease of snobbery. It must be attacked originally in every home, every kitchen, every living room, for snobbery is acquired with age. Among seven and eight-year-old children, class distinction is no problem. Where then does it gain its importance? When is it accepted as a philosophy? One of the interviews in the file on Edith Hayes brings out this point and its result quite clearly and brutally. through from the second or third grade. We used to play together and walk part way home together. But you ought to see us now. The princess and the train. Edith, you can't talk like that no more. Talking about the dances she and the rest of them go to. And their new clothes and permanent waves. Well, that's all right, but I heard her talking about me today and that is... Don't pay no attention, Edith. Pay no attention. There's going to be a party for the English class at her house. And you know what she said? Don't pay no attention. I heard her. She said, oh, we can't ask her. She just wouldn't fit. Well, she's right. I'm not trying oh, to let them. them talk. That doesn't hurt us. Not anymore. It don't hurt us. Because little Edie isn't going to be there for him to talk about. Little Edie's going to stay on her own side of the street from now on. Little Edie knows where she sits. We invite you to listen again next week to Are These Our Children? Another dramatized case history from the files of Juvenile Delinquency Court. That's seven days away. Seven days to ask, are these our children? The 
title, Are These Our Children?, is used through the courtesy of RKO Pictures. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. Well, definitely a sleazy villain role for Webb. The character is ultimately brought down by misreading Edith and just totally mishandling her, so is not nearly as clever uh, as uh, was made out by the other crooks. Uh, if you are looking for a connection between uh, this program and other Jack Webb work, Are These Our Children takes its title from a 1931 movie that featured a young Ben Alexander, who of course would later go on to play Friday's longest-running partner on Dragnet. Well, that is actually all for this week for our Jack Webb Centennial uh, podcast. We'll be back on Monday with another episode. If you do have a comment, in the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. From uh, Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.